Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. I'm here at Opticon 2023, Optimizely's annual conference here in San Diego, California, where there have been a lot of exciting announcements, and we're going to get to at least a few of those today. Today, we're going to talk about an exciting announcement at the show, which is called Optimizely One. And while I'll, I'll let my guests provide a more robust definition for us, uh, it's a SaaS platform for digital marketing that is decoupled, highly composable, and includes components for creation, delivery, personalization, and testing of digital content to improve the customer experience. Lots, lots of stuff there. <laughs> so this connects to several trends happening in the market, which includes a shift towards both composable approaches while also providing marketers with the need to provide consistent and continually improving experiences in an omni-channel world. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Rupali Jain, Chief Product Officer at Optimizely. Rupali, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. It's fabulous being here on the show. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to talking about this with you. So why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as uh, what your role is at Optimizely. Sure. I've been in tech for a couple of decades now and uh, mostly on the product and engineering side. Started in engineering, but have been a product manager leader for over a decade now, mostly in B2B SaaS across a range of analytics, customer experiences, and now in more tech. So at Optimizely, I'm somewhat new. I guess I don't get to call myself new anymore at almost six months in as a chief product officer. Newish. Newish. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad word. <laughs> and so it's been amazing being here with the team. And so as chief product officer, I get to define with the team where we are headed as a company, where the products are going. So product strategy, product management, design, analytics, and a couple of related functions. So such a pleasure. It's a great team and so many opportunities ahead of us. I cannot wait. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, so we've got a lot to talk about today, but uh, first I wanted to maybe take a step back and talk about what's happening in the lives of marketers today, uh, as well as their customers, to set the stage for diving in deeper on some elements of Optimizely One that I, yeah. I briefly mentioned, which is going to connect to all these topics. So first, let's let's talk about the growing trend of composability. What's causing this, and what opportunities and challenges does this present to marketers? Composability is really interesting, right? So it started in my opinion, with a couple of key things. It started with the premise of choice. And what organizations want to do is mix and match best of breed tools. And so, 
you've seen the Martech landscape, right. like 5,000 plus and they stopped counting, right? right? So if you think about that, is amazing tools for point solutions. And so how do you bring that together? And so as organizations advance, it's developers need to set these stacks up to meet the needs of the business. And it's an architectural choice to be composable. So you're not stuck in one ecosystem and you don't have to make trade-offs and take something suboptimal if you don't have to. But when you think about composability, it has often come with trade-offs, especially around complexity for the marketer and the practitioner. I mean, the last time you've met a marketer that wanted to be stuck behind a stack of tickets right. to IT was probably never, right? right? And so it's like, how do we balance composability with what we can give the marketer as well? Because they need to address the needs of their users and customers, also critical. So second thing, marketers are being expected to do more with less. Um, that's probably always been the case, but it feels like more and more so over time. So, you know, they, they've, while they've always been asked for this, the rise of AI tools and shrinking budgets even with economic uncertainty, things like that, it becomes more the case. So wh what does this mean for the tools they need to use? What are marketers looking for here? Marketers at the end of the day are trying to figure out like how do they create great customer experiences and how do they do that in ways that are digital and physical in a lot of ways. So you're trying to bridge all that. It comes down to a couple of key themes for me for the marketer. Uh, efficiency and efficacy. I talked about simplicity, right? Like you don't want to be stuck behind tickets. And the reason you don't want to do that is because you want to efficiently change to the needs of what the customers need. And efficiently is really like, how do you be fast and agile? Efficacy is interesting because I think this is becoming more and more important, especially with the given macroeconomic environment, the pressures on budgets, CFOs gaining more power is the wrong word, but you get the point yeah, I'm trying to get yeah. across is like, you know, they're getting more involved in decisions. And so you have to think about a dollar in and what is the output I'm getting as a marketer. And so making those connections, so analytics, efficacy, those are things that are becoming super important in the marketing landscape. Yeah, makes sense. So the, the last high level topic I want to talk about is omni-channel. So you know, marketers, you talked about, you know, needing to create a great customer experience. Marketers need to do this in you know a seamless way across channels, regardless of the channel a customer prefers. Most customers are using some recent stats I saw. They're using like five or six channels during yep. the buyer's journey out of a potential 15, 16. This is up way up from even you know a decade or so ago. Um, so marketers need to be able to keep up. So you know, what does this mean about the way that marketers work, create, and deliver content? Oh, it means complexity in so many ways, and right. it means uh, simplicity in some ways, because content in this world is starting to become what I think is a little bit more atomic. And you want to create content once, but push it to a bunch of different places. And if your tool set doesn't allow you to do that, you end up with point solutions for everything and you're replicating content and, you know, there's version issues because every time you do something, you're like, oh, I want to change that one word or, oh, I want to change that one little thing. And suddenly content gets completely separated. And so 
marketers really have to change the way they think about content. And they used to think about it as a vertical stack. You start all the way from creation, from the creative side, all the way to like putting it together into a piece of content and publishing it. But now you have to think about it in different pieces and think about how do you centralize that? How do you centralize the workflows? Because again, developing a piece of content, no longer one person doing right. it. It's probably like 12 people with like 22 different approvals right. getting in the way. And so how do you bring all of that together and orchestrate the experience in a way that gets you to known good content, getting onto every channel, channels are just proliferating, right? Like so, and you want different levels of depth of content. Your website might have different content. You want the same type of content, but you might take two pieces and put it on a social media post or TikTok might have something different or Instagram might have something different. So how do you control that? And so even content needs to become atomic in of itself. So composability on the dev stack and now atomic content right. themes coming out here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now that we've kind of talked about the let's call it the, the high-level issues. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Optimizely One and, and what it offers. So first, for those that didn't see the announcement, how would you, uh, as, as chief product officer, uh, uh, you know, how do you describe Optimizely One? The simplest way I would say that I would describe Optimizely One is the operating system for marketing. And I come from a dev background, so forgive the terminology <laughs> yeah. there, but it's the backbone and the orchestration across all of the experiences across marketing. And you can tie many different tools to it. So it's an ecosystem play. It's not just one and only. And it's also, you don't have to start with the whole thing. So the analogy I would use is what SAP did for ERP or Salesforce did for CRM. Marketing has been underserved with that sort of like one orchestration layer. And that's how I think about Optimizely One. And that's how we at Optimizely would like to make lives easier across the entire marketing life cycle. The point here is about like, how do you think about transparent, seamless communication and collaboration between the teams? How do you pick and choose what you need from the stack and then build it to your organization's needs, right? So both from a workflow lens as well as an architectural lens, it's about choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that analogy because there's some stability in an operating system and yet there's, you yeah. know, to your other point, there's flexibility in, in the individual. Yeah. I like pieces. those words, stability yeah. and flexibility. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com agile, that's partnerhero.com A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. So 
There's three big areas. You, you touched on some of this already, but just want to dive a little bit deeper in, in each of these. So, you know, starting with the concept of the fully composable stack. Um, so let's start with um, the CMS SaaS core. I understand this has low, no-code interface and, and some other features. Can you talk a little bit about this? Yeah, so what we're doing is uh, we just launched the SaaS version of our CMS in addition to what we already have. So this is not a replacement for what we have. We are going back to the word choice. You'll hear this probably several times. It's going back to true choice for our users is you can now choose whatever architecture you want to be on. And with the CMS core, this is also headless by design. That means we are separating the data and the presentation of it. So again, you can layer and compose the stack that you need. So I think this is super important in the industry. And I think about it as Lego blocks and you take multiple Lego blocks and all Lego blocks tend to connect with each other. But the simplicity that Optimizely One brings is these are all the same kind of blocks and so they fit together easily. You don't have to create that interface layer when you're composing across tools. You can do it, nothing's stopping you, but you can do it and so with the SaaS CMS, that becomes the core, sort of like the foundation of what we build. And then we talk about graph and visual builder that stack on top. Yeah, yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk about graph next then. So a feature related to content aggregation. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what does this allow marketers to do? Yeah, I talked a little bit about like separating content from the presentation, right? So graph is that interface layer for content. And so super, super important. It's a really important enabling piece of technology to unlock a few things for developers. You can build experiences for your organization without knowing exactly how the data is structured under the hood, because now you have a way to consume it in a way that's easy if you're a practitioner building that experience. You can bring your own data into graph from outside Optimizely, so you can supplement what you already have. And because it's built on GraphQL, a known industry standard, it becomes easy for developers to work with to create that foundation that practitioners, marketers can build on top of. And so it's like a layer cake and you're now starting to stack things and creating that experience on top. Again, speed and agility, that's what we're after. And so like, how do you create that? You give them the graph and then you can build the experience yeah. on top. Nice. So yeah, so building on that then, um, you know, let's, let's talk about the unified workflow component as well, because you know, the, the content needs to get created. It needs to, I, I've done a lot in the, on the operation side of, of these things. So I, I, I know some of these pain points firsthand and, and painfully. So, um, <laughs> yes. so, you know, there's some interesting features like experiment collaboration, omni-channel authoring and, and more. What's the overall approach with Optimizely One and the workflow? What, what's the goal that, uh, of what you want to provide to marketers? This one's near and dear to my heart, right? Like I live at the practitioner level and have for the last couple of decades. And uh, at the end of the day, it's about how do you make it super easy to get your jobs done? And how do you get it done in a way that is seamless across the tool set you're using so you don't fall off cliffs in the experience and it doesn't interfere with quote unquote the flow so you don't get stuck. And so when I think about workflow and composability in today's world, composability is here to stay. 
it's not going anywhere. Right. Best of breed, super, super important because that's how you get work done. But you still want a cohesive experience. And so when I think about, you mentioned experience collaboration, for something like that, it's about how do you take the entire experience end to end, all the way from ideation to planning to, if you don't have a hypothesis, like trust me, you're not gonna have a good experiment. Right. Right. And so it's double-sided in that it makes it easy to go through the process. But what I also want workflows to do, what we think about workflows and what they need to do for your organization is also, help you do the right things automatically. So think about smart defaults with experiment collaboration. The fact that you have to do a hypothesis, trust me, is gonna get you to a better experiment outcome, yeah. even if the quality of the hypothesis isn't great, because now you're doing one. Yeah. And so how do you sort of like mature and help step up your program, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve? That is the importance of workflows. And again, the goal is simplicity of experience to achieve and react to customer needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit about, we're, we're hopping around to a lot of topics. I know yeah. I'd love to dive into to all of these a little bit deeper, but uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about Opal, um, Optimize Lisa AI. Uh, what are what are teams able to do by, by using it? So I'll start by talking about Opal. It just makes me happy. And uh, the name, the genesis of the name comes from the gemstone, as you heard us talk about at uh, Opticon. And the really cool part about Opal, and the reason I start here is, when you're looking at it from different angles, the Opal itself, the gemstone, appears to be different colors. And so when I think about AI, I think about, about AI assisting us in doing the jobs we want to get done faster, so removing friction or allowing us to do new things that we couldn't do before, right? And to do that, this AI has to morph into whatever I need it to be at the moment. So I don't just need my clippy hanging out on the side. Right. I, sometimes I might yeah. <laughs> I spent enough time at Microsoft, clippy has right. been a fun reference. <laughs> uh, but if I think about Opal, like sometimes the answer is like, just give me recommendations. And it might not look like a lot, like product recommendations, content recommendations. Those become part of the experience. I don't need a side panel to give me that. I need that in my experience. When I think about insights, when I'm looking at data, whether it's experimentation results or whether I'm looking at how the workflows are going and where work is getting stuck in an organization. That is analytics and insights. And so Opal can be there to analyze some of that and give me a starting point, shine a flashlight onto what we should do next. Can it give me the answers to what I should do? Maybe in the future, but at least right now, it can tell me where to focus on. Yeah. And last but not least, yes, Copilot, of course. Like I want to start writing a piece of content. I want to write a creative brief for something, which in marketing we do all the time. So of course it's going to give me a starting point and save me the agonizing over like, okay, I need to write my first word on a blank sheet of paper, which you know is hard, surprisingly hard. So across the board, I think Opal has a lot to add. And it's not just new capabilities. Optimizely has been investing in AI for years. And so... It's great for us to give AI its own identity and give it a chance to shine. Yeah, yeah. And so along, along those lines, um, another one of the announcements at, at Opticon was the partnership with Writer. They've been getting a lot of press of, of their own recent investments yep. and, and things like that. So, and a generative AI that's very enterprise focused and, and 
you know, checks a lot of the boxes that I know, you know, the enterprises that I work with, you know, the, the initial questions they ask, right, you know, yeah. about privacy and data, data security, all those kinds of things. So how does that partnership work with Optimizely One and, you know, what is it going to enable your customers to do? Yeah. So when I talked about Optimizely One, I talked about it as an operating system. When you think about the operating system, like going back years, if you think about Windows, mm. if you think about the iOS on the phone, why do you think they were successful? Because it's an ecosystem, because they were applications, because it connected to other things around it. It was not closed. And if you think about Optimizely One and why that's important, the ecosystem play is critical. Uh, to add that customer value and to add that value that the marketer needs. So when I think about Rider, they're amazing in their own right, but I would think about it as the first of many partnerships on the AI front. We also have a lot of other partnerships that we have across the marketing lifecycle. And the other more realistic answer is, I don't think any of us know what AI is going to look like in six months and 12 yeah. months from now. It's just like... Well, we can guess it, but it's moving so fast that I don't believe that any one company or one tool is going to have all the answers. Yeah. And so creating an ecosystem approach with the likes of Rider gives us the ability to bring the best of what is out there to our users and customers. And so I strongly believe in that approach. And so, yes, we will brand our own AI as Opal, but I absolutely want our users to have access to the best that's out there. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that seems in keeping with the approach. And to your point, last year's Opticon, you know, same time last year, like who would have known oh, all the stuff that I know that happened so far? So yeah, it's it's come so fast. Yeah, it's crazy and awesome. Be interesting to see what next year <laughs> uh, next year's Opticon brings. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Rupali, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, one last question before we uh, wrap up here. So, you've given a lot of great insights already, but uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Opticon? I know we've got a few more things so far. We're we're not not quite done with the conference yet, but you know, what's what's your biggest takeaway so far, and what should marketers be keeping in mind in the weeks and months ahead? Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from Opticon is like a big high, just meeting customers, partners, folks like you that are steeped in the industry, just like such a massive high for me. That is amazing. Yeah. That is my biggest takeaway. And then when I think about what marketers and developers should think about, I think it's a the traditional trade-off between composability and the simplicity should not be a trade-off. Yeah. I think you can do both. I think it's a matter of choosing the right tool set and it's a matter of connecting the experiences. And so you can have what I consider both flexibility with composability as well as simplicity with workflows and add a sprinkle of AI and there you go. So, so it's such a pleasure being here, Greg. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, no, thanks for joining. Again, I'd like to thank Rupali Jain, Chief Product Officer at Optimizely for joining the show. You can learn more about Rupali and Optimizely by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M. Dot com. 
To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.